Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how it goes, and welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from the epicenter of the NBA today, Smoothie King Center in downtown New Orleans. The big game is tonight, Pelicans, Spurs, 7 o'clock, Pelicans win they return to the playoffs for the first time since 2011. It, there is a, a buzz around the building, downtown, uh, even in traffic this morning. It's, it's pretty cool. It's come down to this, the last game, and the Pelicans certainly would like to finish and um, would certainly earn it <laughs> against the San Antonio team that comes in here, winners of 11 straight and 21 of their last 24. Um, a lot of people have been asking me, does Craig Popovich rest guys? You know, what, what do the Spurs have to play for? Well, a lot, actually. A win tonight for San Antonio would um, win them the division and then the uh, number two seed in the Western Conference uh, playoffs. Now, that means then they get Dallas, who's struggling as the seven seed. That means a home floor stays with them, uh, perhaps longer as a higher seed. Um, so for Greg Popovich and the Spurs, I don't expect anything but their best here tonight at 7 o'clock, and I certainly expect New Orleans' best as well. Fully healthy, ready to go. Drew Holiday will start off the bench tonight. Uh, we'll see what kind of a minute load he goes with. Uh, maybe 15, maybe push it to 20 a little bit. We'll see. But uh, it's all on the line tonight, and uh, it's exciting. We've got our red already. Um, Daniel Salerson here in the uh, Smoothie King Center studio with me this morning. Sporting, it looks like a crisp, uh, either well-ironed or... Um, Hardly worn uh, red dress shirt. That's a slim fit, isn't it? A tailored look? Yeah, for now. Uh, and his uh, Pelicans blue tie on. Very good look. I will have the uh, red blazer out. And I'm hoping that everybody who comes to the game tonight will be wearing red. The Pelicans have been making a big push for that in the last few days. Uh, we expect the sold-out building tonight. Don't forget, walk-up and win is still in play thanks to the Louisiana Lottery. So if you're catching this podcast midday, uh, you've got time to get down to the Smoothie King Center. $38 for a lower bowl seat tonight, and then a chance to get that upgraded even closer to the action uh, should be fantastic. For those of you that uh, may be catching our uh, podcast today later in the afternoon and you're going to make that snap decision, see if you can get down here, um, 
sooner the better. Uh, it's gonna, they're going to jam a lot of people into this building, and I think that it'll be our loudest uh, crowd, obviously, of the year as the playoffs really essentially begin, if they haven't been going on already, uh, with this one tonight. With that being said, it's perfect that uh, this is also a Wesley Wednesday. David Wesley stops by here in just a moment. We'll get his thoughts on the final day of the regular season, what's at stake tonight, and the ball game tonight uh, broadcast nationally on ESPN Radio, which means uh, Coach P.J. Carlissimo is in New Orleans. He'll serve as the analyst on their broadcast tonight, and uh, we got him just moments ago in Studio B, and we'll share that uh, recorded interview with us with you uh, during today's Black and Blue Report. Man, I just I could talk NBA all day long, but um, look, we are the Black Saints and Blue Pelicans Report, so uh, we've got football to discuss. And Daniel Salerson uh, continues the NFL Draft Preview Series today, uh, looking at the New York Jets and what they've got in front of them at the number six slot. Uh, his guest will be Brian Costello from the New York Post. So a good show for sure. Um, I'm going to take that first break and let our experts today, David Wesley and P.J. Carlissimo, get you ready for Pelicans and Spurs tonight. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. It's the final regular season home game for your New Orleans Pelicans. So join us this Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center as the San Antonio Spurs face the Pelicans in a Southwest Division showdown. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans dance team. The first 10,000 fans receive a team poster courtesy of Smoothie King. Tickets start as low as $15. So call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. It is a Wesley Wednesday, and it is the biggest Wesley Wednesday of the season, no doubt. Uh, Not because David's wearing something special today, but obviously because of the impact of tonight's ball game here at the Smoothie King Center. Um, Welcome in, David Wesley, to the biggest Wesley Wednesday of the season. It's big. It, it, it's absolutely huge, and uh, we haven't been in this this position in, in now my third year uh, calling the game for the Pelicans, so uh, it's, it's huge, and I'm, I'm so excited to get to the arena. Are you preparing any differently today? I mean, do you look at the game differently because of its impact? Have you dug a little deeper? Share with me how you're, how you're looking at maybe how you'll call the game tonight. Well, I think I think the excitement will come out, you know, in my voice. It's different because there's so much riding on this game. Uh, you know, the, the stats and numbers we've been doing them all year, uh, so it's it's not it's not incredibly different. We know how we've matched up against San Antonio, and uh, you know, I I'm not sure if I want this as much for as a fan or as I want this for these young players who have worked so hard to get to this point and, and really have a chance, and you want to see them succeed and get a taste of the playoffs. It's interesting because the Pelicans have um, have put themselves into this position, and that can go both ways, can it? 
Absolutely. Uh, they put themselves in a position bad because we, you know, they probably had 12 games where they could go back and say, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And you take half of those and we're not even having this conversation. Uh, and of course they battled back. I, I, I remember several Wednesdays ago, we talked about, uh, you know, who's going to make the playoffs. And I said, the eight have already been determined and that would include OKC and, I thought with the schedule coming up and the, and the way this team has been playing, uh, inconsistent at times, there's there's probably no way that they're going to outplay OKC with the way Westbrook was playing. So yes, it goes either way. They they they're in this position good and they're in this position bad. David, you played in a lot of big games yourself. How do these young Pelicans and I don't want to say young? How do these inexperienced Pelicans balance um, playing their game? but yet also playing with the urgency of a Game 7-type feel? The adrenaline is going to be pumping, and somehow they have to control those emotions. I compare this to going into that first playoff game, because to me this is a playoff. You have a one-game playoff to get into the playoffs now, and so you try not to do anything different. You don't want to all of a sudden reinvent your game for a series or a game. So they have to calm those nerves and they have to go out there and just play the way they've been playing, especially over the last 10 games. Uh, they're seven and three. They've been playing some good basketball. They, they, they've actually had some teams, you know, got big leads, had some teams run at them, right the ship. You know, they, they play some tough teams tough. Uh, they've done a really good job. They had the Golden State win uh, here in this, this last 10 games that, that they can kind of feed off of, but and and the fact that they play San Antonio, they probably should be three and zero against San Antonio. So it's uh, it's one of those things where you just you just go out there and play the game and realize it's just basketball. There's a lot of hype and pressure and all those kind of things that should go along with it, but it's just another basketball game. Yeah, but unlike Oklahoma City's matchup tonight, David, this isn't just some basketball team you're playing. San Antonio is arguably maybe the best team in the in the league right now. It, they are, and you know, even though they, you know, you talk about the success they've had over the season, they didn't play this San Antonio team. This team is red hot, hottest team in the league, and playing at a championship caliber level. Uh, I think about San Antonio back in November, December, and you were thinking, well, they had a good run. They've had 17, 18 seasons with 50 game wins, 50 uh, games won, and that thing is not going to happen this year. Now all of a sudden they're the best team in the league, 50 wins again, and playing at a level where they could they win tonight. They're in second place. Yeah, I would have never guessed that they even had a chance. I mean, creeping into seven, eight was a long shot back in November, December. Now they're second home court for a couple of series, and then, you know, they, they take their chance with whoever is in the Western Conference Finals on their on their floor, which I, they're a scary, scary team. And, you know, with Popovich and that team, they're going to be tough. Let me, uh, let me ask you this question to end on, because uh, to me, uh, this guy is going to determine everything about tonight. What do you envision for Anthony Davis in this type of a game? I, I expect him to be great. Uh, he can't run from greatness right now. And 
You don't want him to get – you don't want him to force anything, but you want him to, to take charge, to say, okay, I'm going to go out here and I'm not going to let my team lose. Um, his teammates need to lean on him more than they ever have. Get in the basketball, let him make some basketball plays, get people involved, score the basketball, and, you know, 25 and 15, that's how, that's how you go out and do that. The Pelicans are going to wear their red uniforms tonight, David. The fans are going to wear their red. Um, what is David Wesley suiting up with this evening? I, you know, I have a red tie. I, I, I didn't want to go uh, and wear a red suit. Uh, not that I have one, but uh, that might be too much. I would love to, you know, I'd love to do the show tonight in something all red, you know, red T-shirt or red Pelicans polo, but uh, I will have the red tie, maybe just a simple black suit and, I'll be ready to go. Red shoes? You got red shoes, David? Uh, not, not, not really my style. Red <laughs> shoes. So uh, you haven't seen me in red shoes. So I didn't all of a sudden save them for this one particular game. You, you've surprised me before, my friend. You have. <laughs> um, Maybe red socks. Perfect. Perfect. Do the Pelicans win this thing tonight? Yeah. I love the way you sound. Well, I will see you here. I have a yes, I have a feeling too. I will see you here at the Smoothie King Center for the big game tonight. Thanks, David. Can't wait. Thanks a lot. Yep, PJ Carlissimo next. Stay with us. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24 7, 365. Like us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackie, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. Black and Blue Report continues uh, here from our Smoothie King Center studios. Obviously, the big game tonight uh, tips at 7 o'clock. It's going to make national radio as well. ESPN Radio is in town. Our old friend uh, Kevin Calabro is going to call the play-by-play. And uh, Coach P.J. Carlissimo is on the broadcast as well. Coach, good to see you again. Sean, good to be here. As you know, Kevin will do all the work. I'll just watch the game, and every once in a while I'll interrupt him. Oh, stop it. You guys at least bail us play-by-play guys out. You know, you actually know the game, and we pretend we know the game. (laughs) I'll tell you what, radio, you really are. The one thing I learned over the years is just how different. Kevin and I did. We actually did. The first weekend of the NCAA tournaments, the four four games uh-huh, in a that's row. That's a long day. How how he did that? How he got through that? I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, but of course he did. Once you get through something like that, you feel like you can do anything. Well, yeah. He's like, well, we only got one game tonight. <laughs> right. right. 
When did you find out you were coming to New Orleans for this game? Uh, late Monday night. Wow. We did. Co- we were doing coast to coast uh, in studio in Bristol on on the TV side, and they were waiting to see kind of the way the games developed. And I, I think I, I th- they made a fantastic decision. I think it came down at the end to Indiana, Memphis, or this one. But I mean, we couldn't have asked for a. Uh, a better game, and I got, I got to give my bosses credit for a change. They, they made a great call. It's, it's the game of the night. Yeah, uh, I agree, and it's also a great night for the NBA to have still so many storylines unresolved on the last day of the regular season. What, what else could you want? No, um, not if the only thing that might have made it better would have been if Oklahoma was playing uh, New Orleans. I mean, head I, to I, head. I'd love to. You know, that would have been Ooh. winner gets it, the loser <laughs> goes the other way. It, it's uh, it's still it's a great great night. You. Probably could have picked a better opponent than uh, than than the one that's going to be in the building tonight. How good? I mean, help me put this in perspective here. How good is San Antonio playing right now? I mean, the numbers, eleven straight, twenty-one in the last twenty-four. But X's and O's wise, what what made the jump? Why so good now? Well, I, I think this, Sean, you guys know better than anybody. The story to me of the NBA this year has been health. San Antonio is the healthiest they've been all year. And it's taken a while. I mean, it's taken Patty Mills a long time to get back into Patty Mills' shape like he played last year. Obviously, they missed Kawhi Leonard earlier in the year. They still have a concern with Tiago Splitter because, against some teams going forward in the playoffs, regardless of who they end up playing, they really need Tiago Splitter. Against other teams, he's not as important, but he's a critical player. But I, and I also think Tony Parker really didn't have a Tony Parker year. And lately, the last month or so, he's playing like Tony Parker, and they're – you know, splitting hairs, them and Golden State, it's hard. I mean, you say what San Antonio's doing, and then you look at, go- like, Golden State's been muddling along, and I think they're 21-4 and four or yeah, something like that. Muddling so it's, along. it's scary uh, how, how well these two teams are playing, but it's not going to matter come Saturday, which is the great, great part about the playoffs. This is very true, and you mentioned Tony Parker. Uh, the numbers, you look at it and go, eh, um, but he just knows how. Well, that's, he, and that's the most important thing this time of year. And particularly when it gets so difficult to score in the playoffs and you get that shot clock on your back. Tony Parker, A, gets them some easy points because he gets them up and down the floor. So sometimes he gets them points early in the shot clock. But I think where he's more valuable to them is when the shot clock gets on your back and everybody knows every play and it just grinds to a halt the way playoff basketball often can. He can manufacture something in the last five or six seconds of a clock, either a good shot for himself or he gets one of their 19 different three-point shooters in open look. Show me Kawhi Leonard through your eyes. Uh, can't tell you how impressed I am with the, the accelerated development. Uh, when he first came, I, th- I thought I still get to do a handful of games every year for uh, when Sean Elliott wants to go play 36 mm-hmm. somewhere. I get right. to do a couple of games. But uh, I thought they had an exceptional defender. Uh, who was a pretty good basketball player. And Steve Fisher's an old buddy, a, a close friend, and he said, this kid can really play. I had no idea he could get to the level he's at right now as quickly as he has. I mean, I think he's literally right now an all-NBA caliber player, and he's so much improved on the offensive end, and he seems to be so willing. Uh, this team's kind of unusual, as you well know, but like the old, guy, the old guys, the veterans, Timmy and Tony and Manu, are happy to defer to him at times. And I think in the beginning that was a little bit of a, I don't know if I'm ready for this, mm-hmm. but now he looks very comfortable in the role. I mean, he'll take a, he's as apt to take a big shot as any of the other guys, which is amazing on this team. That seems to be the biggest change when I watch him. He's actually become almost a, a go-to option for them offensively. He has. His last five games no, have been no, offensively and that's, to the roof. That's shocking to me. Yeah. And it, it's obviously, his three-point shooting improved. His whole game 
has improved. But uh, to kind of see right before your eyes him going to that next level as a player, I mean, we saw it here, of course, with with AD, but Mm -hmm. uh, very few guys ever get to that level. And uh, with AD, I mean, it was accepted, uh, expected from day one, and and of course he did it. But I I just don't know. I don't know if anybody knew, including the Spurs, how good Kawhi Leonard was when they got him. Help me with the conversation surrounding the Tim Duncan, Anthony Davis comparisons. Um, I get asked that all the time. I'm around Anthony every day. So everybody wants to try and stick that with something. Is it L.A.? Is it Tim Duncan? Is it it anybody? Um, But since they're playing head-to-head tonight – what do you make of that conversation? I don't. I don't think. Well, I, first of all, it's it's flattering. I, I think I, I say two things. First of all, I don't think you need to compare Anthony to anybody because he's unique. He, he, his skill set is unique in the same way LeBron's was, was unique when mm-hmm. he came in. Uh, I, I mean, just he brings things to the table that no one else has ever brought. So, uh, it, in one sense, it's about as flattering to me, about as flattering as you could be to compare anybody to Tim Duncan. AD's totally different. What's similar about him, he distorts a game on both ends of the floor. You cannot score inside. He's a very good rebounder, again, on both sides of the floor. But TD never could get up and down the floor the way Anthony could. TD, to me, as good a shooter and as good as his field goal percentage is, particularly the last two games, it's scary. He doesn't have the perimeter skills or the ball skills uh, that Anthony has. Anthony has a bigger skill set, I think, than any big – Maybe going back to someone like Chamberlain. Uh, I mean, it, there's no there's no big who has his athletic skills with his ball skills, with his competitiveness, and with his ability to play on both ends of the floor. Okay. Um, by the powers vested in me, uh, PJ Colissimo, by no one, um, <laughs> I've made you head coach of both teams tonight. Uh, X's and O's, motivation, whatever you want to take. Take each side for me and say this team needs to do what to win tonight. Well, I think the first the, the first message from both coaches, from Monty and from Pop, is going to be, guys, we don't have to reinvent the wheel tonight. New Orleans, we've got to play the way we've been playing. Pelicans have been playing extremely good, have stepped up against quality opponents, particularly in this building. So I think we just got to go out, guys, and we're not looking for any superhuman effort. We're looking to go out and do what we're capable of doing now. Having said that, they need to take care of the ball, which to me is not a problem, but it is, is a concern. And, and I think you've got to pound the glass. Uh, and it, the three, the, you look at the three games, you try and analyze the three games, you, to me you can't get anything out of them. Kawhi doesn't play a couple. I mean, it's just between the rosters and when they were played. But one of the things I think New Orleans does as well as anybody is pound the offensive glass. And even though San Antonio is an excellent defensive mm-hmm. rebounding team, I think they've got to they find a way to get some extra shots or get some second-chance points. I think that's going to be important. I think turnovers are always important in a game this big. And San Antonio is one of those teams you don't want to give. San Antonio is very good when you turn the ball over against them, converting it. So you don't want to give them easy points. And, and the last thing I think for Monty's group is they got to put points. You, you can't pretend. And I don't know that even it's part of his message, but they're going to need 100-plus. San Antonio is too good an offensive team. Uh, the Pelicans got to right. put some points on the, on the board tonight. Okay. Uh, San Antonio, um, you got to keep them off the glass. Same thing I talked about. I'd be terrified if I were a uh, pop. That'd be the biggest concern I have. We can't let these guys get us on the glass. 
and I, I, again, I think that the, the turnovers, uh, New Orleans is so good in, in terms of the way they take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. San Antonio had the one thing that jumped out at me from the three games. They got an ungodly amount of turnovers in the three games. They got like 50 turnovers in three games against uh, New Orleans. I don't know why that is, but just looking at the, at the box score, I'm saying, hey, guys, we turned the ball over 16 or 17 right. times. We're, we're not going to be the number two seed at the end of the night. Yeah, having seen all those games, I don't know if I have my finger on it either. Other than, like you said, the box score, the names on the box score was different every time. Exactly. Uh, and that's part of it. What's Pace do tonight to – what does Pace do to tonight's game? Well, I, I think it's going to be interesting because, again, I think both teams need a score. When you look at their numbers, it, and virtually every team in the league is similar, but to me more so with San Antonio. Um, when they score 100 or more, their record is ridiculous. When they hold the opponent to 100 or less, their record is ridiculous. So I think that number is going to be – we should bring Ralph Lawler in for the game tonight. Lawler's a law. But I, I think the, the ability to score points is really going to be critical, which to me means it's got to go up and down the floor. I, th- I think you, both these teams are so – as everybody, but they're so good half-court defense that if you don't get some stuff in transition and it becomes a half-court game – it's going to be. It's hard for both teams. So I think if one team or the other can either create some turnovers and run, or just get some stops and get out and get some stuff in transition, because I I think pace is going to be a big factor. Let me end with this. I um, I don't often ask coaches to make predictions, so I won't here. But I do want to ask you about this, and this may not even be a fair question. What's the what's going to be the national perception of Anthony Davis and the Pelicans? if they make the playoffs with a win tonight or if they can't beat the Spurs and lose here on the last night of the regular season? I think it, it will send a very good message, but I, I'll be honest with you, I think in two days it will be forgotten. I think it's going to be, wow, they took another step. And, and I, to me, you can't overstate the job that Monty and the team did this year hanging together with all they've had to deal with and to be playing in game 82 for a chance to in a Western Conference this year, arguably the best Western Conference in the history of the league, to be playing for a spot with all they've dealt with is, I think they've already impressed and sent the message. It would be significant, but I think as soon as they do advance and get into the playoffs, everybody's going to forget about it and is going to say, like, well, what happened in the first round? What happened against Golden State? But I, I think, honestly, traveling around, the one good thing about with ESPN, seeing right. so many games, so many places, the impression is already there. They know how good this team is, more importantly – there's a real belief in how good this team is going to be going forward. It would be a, another significant check on AD's resume, but guess what? Uh, they're, they're coming. Those checks are yeah, coming. Yeah, I, I agree. Yep. I just I, I want to see this group get that playoff experience, well, even would, going it, up against Golden State. It'd be, yeah. it'd be enormous. It's, it's a significant step without any question. Uh, Pop's going to go after the number two seed tonight, isn't he? Yeah, they are. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think slight edge to – New Orleans because a, a slight desperation factor. But the Spurs, you, you don't have to say anything. I mean, the difference in – they could be all the way to sixth when, it, when the night's over. So, And maybe the matchup's not going to be that bad, but those game sevens, you know, my, whoever comes out of the West has got to win three series. And other than Golden State, if you know that two of them are going to be in your building if it gets to a game seven, that is really significant. Yeah, if the Pelicans win tonight, it would be the third time ever that all division teams would be in the NBA playoffs. Uh, if the Pelicans win tonight, the winning percentage for the division as a whole will be 635, which would be the highest ever since the new divisional alignment in 0405. ESPN Radio tonight, Kevin Calabro, PJ Carlissimo uh, from ESPN. Thanks for coming by. We're sure glad to have you in town. Uh, Sean, enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to tonight. All right, that's the coach, and we'll be right back.
All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to get your seats now and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. We continue our NFL Draft Preview Series. We are going in order of pick, which brings us to pick number six and the New York Jets. Joining me now to talk Jets football is Brian Costello, who covers the team for the New York Post. Brian, glad to have, have you on today. Thanks for having me. No problem, Brian. The Jets have had a busy offseason with a new coach and Todd Bowles, acquiring Darrell Revis and Brandon Marshall. How would you grade their offseason heading into the draft? I think they've uh, they've had a strong off season. I'd probably give it a B B plus. Um, you know, cornerback was a position they desperately needed to upgrade, and they did that by signing Revis and Antonio Cromartie and Buster Screen. They really attacked that position. Uh, they traded for Brandon Marshall, which was another spot they needed to improve at a wide receiver. And you know, they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, a veteran, to compete at quarterback, which is another area of need. So I think they've they've done pretty well so far in this off season. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the quarterback. It's so hard to figure out what the Jets might do at number six because there are so many things that can play out before then. Let's start with, of course, yeah. Marcus Mariota. Do you see the Jets trying to trade up for him at number two? I can't see them trying to trade up simply because this is a 4-12 team last year, which means there are a lot of holes on the roster. Even after the moves we've already mentioned, they still have holes. They have a lot of depth issues. They need as many draft picks as they possibly can have this year, and I don't see Mike McCagden and the GM, uh, you know, mortgaging the farm here to move up to get Marcus Mariota, which I think it would take. I think you'd have to move up to number two in that Tennessee spot, which is a similar trade to what the Redskins and Rams made a few years ago for RG3, and that's a lot of draft picks. You know, you're talking about next year's number one for sure, maybe even another number one after that, and then a second and a third this year probably. I just think the price is too high. So I think they're either going to stay at six or they'll, they'll trade back. What happens if Mariota falls to them at number six? Then do you see them actually taking Mariota? Yeah, I think they would take him if he falls to six. I just think that they have to take that chance because this is a team that's been searching for an answer at quarterback for close to 40 years now since Joe Namath left. And, uh, you know, Mariota, some people don't think he's going to pan out. They question the system he came out of. But I don't think the Jets can risk passing on him and missing a chance to get a franchise quarterback. So I think they would have to take that chance if he does fall to them at six. Did, they, did the Jets still have faith in Geno Smith? Well, the thing is, is it's all new people with the Jets. So mm-hmm. it's not a matter of still having faith. Uh, these guys never had faith in them to begin <laughs> with. So it's a new coach. It's a new GM, it's a new offensive coordinator, it's a new quarterback coach. Pretty much everyone that's in football operations is new uh, now, so they don't really know Geno Smith. I think they're taking the approach of let's get to know him a little bit. Their off-season program started last week, um, so that was the first time they really got to work with him. 
Um, so I, I think they want to see what, what, you know, what he's like in the classroom and then see him on the field in a few weeks and go from there. I don't think he's going to be handed anything like he has been uh, the past two years. I think he's going to have to earn his spot this year. But I do think that the new regime is kind of taking a wait-and-see approach with him and, and not trying to judge him off of what he's done the last two years. We're talking with Brian Costello from the New York Post, talking New York Jets and the NFL Jets. Brian, if they don't go Mariota route um, to, at number six, do they go defense, or they try, or do they try to seal up the offensive line with maybe a guy like Brandon Scherf from Iowa? I don't see them going offensive line there. Okay. I, I just don't feel like that's a desperate need right now. And if you're going to take a guy, Scherf uh, projects as a guard in the NFL. I can't see taking a guard with the number six pick. Okay. So I think they'd go pass rusher. This is a very heavy pass rusher draft. I think they'd have to address, you know, that need. That's something the Jets really haven't had since John Abraham left a decade ago. So I think they'd go in that direction. The only uh, wild card I see is if Amari Cooper is there at six mm-hmm. or Kevin White, one of the two receivers. The Jets have addressed receiver this offseason by trading for Brandon Marshall, but he's not. he hasn't have any guaranteed money beyond this year. He's 31 years old. So he's not a long-term answer for them there. They signed Eric Decker last year. So, again, you know, they're going to get another few years out of him, but he's not a game-breaker. If you have a guy like Amari Cooper on the board, can you pass on him? I think that's the biggest question when it comes to the Jets right now. Maybe they could, go, they could take Cooper if he's there. If they, if they don't go wide receiver, I think they'll go pass rusher at that spot. With You know, there's a handful of guys that could be there, whether it's Shane Ray or Vic Lee or Dante Fowler. Uh, I think if one of the, whoever the best pass rusher available is there, they'll go for him if, if Cooper is gone. Absolutely. Lots of options there at number six. I know new head coach Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded guy. Do you think that's his priority in this year's draft? Yeah, I mean, I usually lean that way. Um, you know, with, with under Rex Ryan, the Jets took an offensive player in the first round once. That was Mark Sanchez in his first year. And they haven't taken an offensive player in the first round since. So I always thought that was kind of Rex's influence. Uh, now I don't know how it's really going to work with Todd Bowles and Mike McCagden. Um, some GMs listen to their coach a little more than their scouting department. Others listen to their scouting department and tune out the coach. So this is our first time together. So I think we'll learn a little bit about them when we go through this draft. Absolutely. Picks two through six could really shake up the draft. So it'll be interesting to see what the Jets do at number six. That's Brian Costello from the New York Post. Brian, thanks for your time and enjoy the draft. All right. Thank you for having me. Yep, no problem. Sean will be back on this Wednesday edition of the Black Hitler Report. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron, available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Racing fans, you won't want to miss the Professional Drag Racers Association Cajun Nationals Pro Mod at Thunder Road Raceway Park in Gilliam, Louisiana, just outside of Shreveport. This exciting event runs April 30th through May 2nd. For more information, visit www.racetrrp.com. And while in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. For additional things to see and do, visit shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. 
All right, so it's a red alert tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Everybody wear your red. We'll be on the air at 7 on the Pelicans Radio Network. Uh, Fox Sports New Orleans has uh, television coverage starting at 6.30 tonight. And uh, let's, let's hope we're talking postseason tomorrow with the Pelicans uh, in the Western Conference playoffs. That would be fantastic. Um, I've got a vote today, by the way, for um, a number of different NBA awards. And I'll tell you what. I might have to uh, put off a couple of my votes until tomorrow morning uh, with the games that are going on tonight and uh, what could be decided with who goes where in the standings, who's in, who's out. Uh, it's, it's a spectacular finish to the NBA season. I'm leaning towards Steph Curry as MVP at the moment. Tell you what, Pelicans win tonight in the playoffs. Anthony Davis is going to make my decision a lot harder. Yeah, maybe I'm a little biased, but that's okay, right? So are you. You're a listener to the Black and Blue Report. Of course you're ready for tonight. And, of course, you'd vote the way I'm thinking about uh, coming up tomorrow if the Pelicans win. Our uh, draft NFL draft series continues tomorrow. Chicago Bears. Our old friend Ryan Pace getting ready for his first uh, draft at the uh, top job. And we'll talk uh, Chicago Bears tomorrow at selection number seven. Also on the program tomorrow, um, i just say this, playoff preview for the New Orleans Pelicans. Should I just throw that out there? Positive thinking, of course. I'm missing somebody for tomorrow as well. Oh, T-Bob Bear makes his first appearance on our podcast. T-Bob, of course, uh, co-hosts double coverage on 1350 AM, WWL AM. Um, yeah, double coverage with 3WL, yes. I want to make sure I get all of T-Bob's credentials right. Former LSU lineman as well. He'll join us, um, and we'll talk about his love for the Pelicans and uh, maybe a thought or two about the draft. We'll... Uh, We'll make sure we cover all the bases with T-Bob tomorrow. That'll do it for us on this Wednesday. Um, try and get through the day if you can because I'm, I'm, like, I'm pacing, I'm pacing, I'm pacing, I'm pacing. Can't wait for the game tonight. Go Pelicans. For Daniel Salerson and uh, David Wesley and P.J. Carlissimo, I'm Sean Kelly. See you tonight right here from the Smoothie King Center. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.